0: Hey girl, welcome to a new episode of the Fearless Mujer. Thank you so much for tuning in and for joining me for another cup of virtual cafecito. So I want to let you know that this episode might be a little triggering because we are talking about a topic that is a little difficult for those of us who have experienced life with a mom who couldn't love us the way that we needed to be loved. So if you've had a difficult and rocky relationship with your mother, if it wasn't an ideal relationship, I want you to know that I love you, I'm praying for you, and I hope that this episode not only reminds you that you're not alone, but also encourages you to know that we don't have to repeat the same toxic parenting, or generational dysfunction. So today's guest is Phyllis Mantelli, who is a speaker, a writer, she's an author, she's a podcaster, and her book is titled Unmothered life with a mom who couldn't love me. She's also a coach for women who have struggled with that mother-daughter relationship. She has a program designed specifically for them. She's been married for over 30 years. She has two grown daughters, a baby boy in heaven, and she also has two adorable grandchildren. Phyllis loves to cook and break out in song and dance while making something yummy. Let me tell you, Phyllis is one of those women who I look at and I'm like, wow, she's amazing. I admire her, Uh, but she has gone through a lot. And so I really pray that this episode blesses you. She's going to share with us some of her upbringing, what it was like growing up with her mom, some of the trauma that she experienced, but ultimately how she rose above it. She overcame. And so we are also talking about faith. And we just want to encourage you that, girl, you are not alone. You are truly not. And no matter what it looks like, there is so much more for you. So you can actually find out more about Phyllis if you want to connect with her. You can find her on IG at Phyllis Mantelli. That's P H Y. L-I-S-M-A-N-T-E-L-L-I. Uh, she also has an IG for her podcast. It's called The Unmothered Podcast. And all of the links, you'll find that in the show notes. So I hope this episode blesses you. And please make sure to share it with your amigas because something powerful happens when we lift each other up. God bless you. you. <laughs> hola mujer welcome to the fearless mujer podcast i'm micaela the voice behind the mic and the creator of this podcast i'm the author of the book dear fearless mujer you were created for more where i share my raw journey of healing finding my voice and true identity Amiga, I'm truly on a mission to empower Latinas everywhere to know that their setbacks, pain, trials, and heartache cannot stop them from stepping into their God-given purpose. On this podcast, I'll empower you to let go of your limiting beliefs so you can step into your confidence and never have to dim your light again. Girl, this is your space to shine. No matter what season of life you find yourself in, Here you'll be equipped with tools that will help you heal, accomplish your goals, and dream big so you can impact those around you. And if you've been looking for your tribe, well, you just found it. Girls, just like you, I'm a busy mujer. I'm balancing life, marriage, motherhood, and business, one cup of cafecito at a time. But I also know that being in community is so powerful. The Fearless Mujer is not just a podcast, it's a sisterhood. And together we'll dive into this journey of life, motherhood, business, and whatever else you got going on. So you ready? Grab your cafecito and let's do this. Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Mujer. So excited that you're here. Thank you for stopping by for another cup of virtual cafecito. So excited for today's episode. I have an amazing mujer on the podcast who I consider an IG friend because I've kind of known you for quite some time. Um, And so you have been here on this podcast before with um, uh, another friend of ours. And so Thank you, Phyllis, for being here. Thank you for um, just sharing a virtual cup of cafecito with me. Oh, I'm so excited to be here again. <laughs> yes, thank you. And I really, I just, just you know, obviously, I follow you on Instagram. I'm like, oh, we need to talk about um, this this topic that we're gonna be kind of diving into. And so, I want to warn listeners ahead of time: we are gonna be talking about some deep things. Um, as far as like dysfunction, um, maybe you didn't have a mom in your life, so it could be a little triggering, but I do want to ask, like, just hang in there with us. We're going to, we're going to bring it back to like healing and inspiration and empowerment. And so Phyllis, can you just, can you tell us about you and who you are? What do you do? Uh, what's your favorite food? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh! Food is my favorite food, but uh, <laughs> honestly, my favorite food, which I'm having tonight, is um, chili verde with,
0: with flour tortillas. <laughs> it's just for my, real. Oh my god! For that real, my all time favorite
1: Mexican food, anytime, all day. So See, uh, that's
0: why I'm like, fill it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. It's like you and I are going to go on a, a food binge all day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I um. I'm a mom. I am a grandma, which that is my favorite thing right now to be. But I'm also a coach and, um, and I am a woman that grew up unmothered. And so at 61 years old, God turned me in a direction to say all the things that have been in my head and in my heart um, needed to turn it into a book and share with others. And so I wrote a book at the end of 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, I wrote the book Unmothered: life with a mom who couldn't love me. And I, I write that second title life with a mom who couldn't love me because I know my mom loved me, but she wasn't capable of loving uh, the way a mom should love her child. So my mom was like very unsafe. She was mentally unstable. I think she was bipolar and um, she was an alcoholic. She was a narcissistic. And um, so I'll just dive in like right uh, around eight years old at uh, the beginning of my story as I came home from school, walking with a brand new friend that had just moved in next door. And she looked up and said, why is there a moving van in front of your house? And um, I looked and two men were carrying my couch out to this big truck. And so I ran into the house and my my whole house was empty. My mom was frantically running around. My brother came running up behind me and we were like, what's, what's going on? There was no, we went to school that day thinking it was just a Tuesday, like any other day. And we walked in and our whole life was being turned upside down. And she said, we're going to the park. We're meeting someone there. We're leaving. And I said, where's my dad? My father was a long distance truck driver. So he wasn't home at the time, but you know, I thought, well, obviously, like we're all moving. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, we're, "We're." I kept asking where my dad was. And I got that. If you know, you know, you and I were talking about cultural differences. Yes. So my mother is a full blooded Portuguese woman. And so I'm half Portuguese. My father is Spanish. We're Dutch and American Indian. So um, there were there were unspoken rules in the house that if you push too hard, you would get slapped across the room. And so you knew when you got that, we call it, cut your meat look in your eyes (laughs) that you were going to get in trouble. And so after about the third time of asking her, I got that look and I knew if I asked again, it would be bad. And so Mm -hmm. she said, we're going to the park. We go to the park and we, she immediately told us we had to get in this car with this other person, this man. And you know every Thing in my body, start all the bells and whistles started going off because I was like taught my whole life you don't get in a car with strangers, you don't talk to strangers. And here she's telling us to get in this car with this strange man, and and I I was I was frozen. And she was like, get in the car. And so we got in the car, and I saw these two beady eyes in the rearview mirror and said hello. And we go to this next town. And we just started a whole new life. And it was like at eight years old, my whole life just completely changed. And so I didn't even realize until like 50 years later that that was immense trauma Mm -hmm. because then um, eventually we found out my mom was pregnant with this person. So she was having an affair with this guy and he is Japanese and Filipino. So we couldn't pass that baby off as my father. Yeah. And so my sister was born and um and she's she lived with this person and um side note on e- each man that she had relationships with beat her. And so mm-hmm. I grew up with physical violence. I grew up uh you know, grabbing a baby and jumping over a fence and running to the neighbors just like trauma after trauma after trauma. So of course, when, you know, you know, these things are wrong, like you just innately know those things are wrong that this is, I don't think everyone lives this way, but you are taught to not talk about your problems. You don't let people know, even though everyone heard and knew, it's like, you don't, you go to school and you're kind of like, you have this mask on. Um, People start asking questions. You shut down you become very secretive. My mom, um, we talked earlier, my mom was the kind from that generation where she said, you toughen up, you don't cry. Um, and I'm five years old and there were things that were happening and she was like, shut it, like just like shut it down. So, so my friend like kind of teased me when we were friends, she goes, you never cry. And I go, I, I have learned how to put that wall up. So, I get mad if I have to cry. Like if I get frustrated and I start yeah. to cry, it would make me mad. And I didn't realize that's okay to have those yeah. emotions. No one should be shutting those emotions down. So as I grew up, like I did all the wrong things, you know, sex, drugs, same, rock and roll. same here. That's I'm why like, I
0: resonate so much. With oh, girl, I
1: look back down. And I'm like, who was that girl? Like, like I was why did I wild, waste time? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> dated a drug dealer. I mean, I went down the whole road, you know, hung out with bikers, like the whole thing. Had a great time on some of it. I'm not gonna say it was all bad,
0: but <laughs> okay, sin is always fun. And it's not <laughs> just saying.
1: But just like the depression and the the helplessness of just like this, I don't want my life to be like this, but I don't know any different. One thing I will say when you grow up in that kind of environment is that you crave the excitement. Normal. Somebody, when I started dating my second husband, I was going to break up with him because I was like, he's super boring. Like, there's, (laughs) he's like showing up whenever I don't have to chase him down the street. And my girlfriend said, he's normal. And you don't know what normal is. And that struck me so hard. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you're so right. Like I have self-sabotaged everything good because that was never taught to me. It was survive, mm-hmm. survive, survive, stuff, stuff, stuff. And wow. just shut up and keep going and be strong. And you take whatever job you can and you don't ask for more. It's this mindset of like, we don't deserve anything better.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I I definitely resonate with what you're saying. Because I was raised by my dad after I was eleven, and that he raised me in that way, like don't cry, like he would tell me in Spanish, like "No mas las viejas lloran." Only, only they bitches, Christ, excuse my language, yeah. but like, yeah, and it was like, I'm a woman, like you know, I'm, I'm like a little girl. Yeah, um, sorry, my audience knows I cuss sometimes. So I, okay. you know
1: what? I love Jesus, but I cuss. I them know them.
0: I love Jesus and way too so much. much. We have grades, but um, I I try not to. (laughs) I know it's hard, especially when I get lost, but that's a whole other episode. (laughs) Um, But he, similar to like what you're saying, I resonate. Like, you're weak if you show your feelings. And then I grew up in the hood. So you already have to like show that you're tough. Right. And I think just being a shorter, smaller person, you have to already try to like be tough too. But I definitely resonate with that because. For me, it affected me so much growing up because I I feel that I didn't have the balance of like that warmth, that softness that a mother usually, you know, she usually a mother nurtures you like God created mm-hmm. us to be nurturers and I didn't have that balance. And at the same time, I really didn't know how to like, I just always had to shove my feelings mm-hmm. and not say what I'm feeling. And just like you're saying, I wasn't allowed to question mm-hmm. um, everything got swept under the rug. And so, I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. Right. And mm-hmm. when you grow up that way, I think it was not until I was 30 years old that I yeah. started to feel my feelings. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And and I, I feel that God began to teach me. It's OK to say how I feel. Um, and I mean, that's that's like a whole other topic of like. What happens after you come out of Mm -hmm. this dysfunctional home? But just going back to the whole unmothered thing, like your your other, your subtitle, like growing up with a mom who who couldn't love me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm paraphrasing. I believe that my mom loved me, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't capable to love me the way a mother truly should. And and maybe it wasn't completely her fault, right? Especially- That's what I was gonna say yeah. is that
1: what happens. So one of the things that I studied was um, generational dysfunction. So one of the ways, if you are someone who is growing up with this really difficult mom and you're just like, what is wrong? Like, I can't cut through to like a good emotional place with my mother, mm-hmm. a safe place with my mom. Oftentimes, if you take the time, and this is something I did after I became a mother, Mm -hmm. I'm holding my baby and I'm like, I don't understand how my mom could put me in these dangerous situations and not like want to protect her babies. But I started digging back. So if you go back through the history and you see how was your grandmother, how was she raised, what happened to your parents with their parents, both my sets of parents came from unmothered places. Wow. So when you look back at the history, it doesn't for for it doesn't forget that you don't forget it, right? But you can forgive it on an empathetic li- label mm-hmm. because because when you see they weren't capable because they weren't taught, it's not giving them an out, but it mm-hmm. gives you a place where you can open your heart and say, you know what? I understand. Yeah. I, I don't like, I still don't like the things that they put me through. It still wasn't right, but I understand it when I kind of put myself in my mom's place of like three kids, she be- ended up becoming a single mom. Like the other guy left mm-hmm. my sister's father left. Like she was in all these difficult situations. And, and I was thinking how scared must she have been being a single mom of three kids we were on welfare. I mean, there was just a lot of fear. And then you think of emotional problems that they already have because of the abuse that they've had. She, she grew up in a very abusive place. My father was unmothered at six months old. He was the last wow. baby of six. And the wife, his mom like walked out on the family and left with another guy so, all the kids got separated. So, like when you look at the family dynamic and the generational dysfunction that comes with that, that's the thing that is my passion is to break that off. So, I usually tell women when I start coaching them through my program, is I tell them the only way to break off generational dysfunction is to break off the dysfunction in you. Wow. It starts with you. So, you see the history. So now your God has placed you here right at this moment to say, what are you going to do about it? Now that you know where it comes from, how do you change it? And that's what we start coaching them through is we start doing setting boundaries. We start um, listening to God's path and not your own. We look for other mama mentors. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we learn how to break off that generational dysfunction. What kind of attitude do you have with your children? Or if you're a young mom and you're thinking of being a mom and you're scared to death thinking like, am I gonna become my mother? Those are things you need to start thinking about and journaling and saying like, what do you want to be as a mom? Wow. That had to be super intentional with me raising my girls i white duckled it probably the first 10 years i was like i don't think i'm doing this right at all oh. i was like so scared it was so awful but what i knew is that at the end of the day when my kids were grown i wanted to have a relationship with my girls wow it was so important to me and so i laugh because i'm like you think god doesn't have a plan my youngest daughter works for me now Wow, that's amazing. No, so if that isn't like breaking generational rules and like just yeah. rewriting the whole script. And, you know, we are both my girls, like my my oldest that's a mom, like she calls me with mom advice. And I'm like, this is what I tell people. Your heart bursts open when that actually happens with your grown kids, but you're always going to have a little tear of like, man, I didn't get that. Yeah. I never yeah. got to pick up a phone and ask my mom for advice. It just wasn't available
0: wow. but it, it's okay you can i you I think it. it's it's so like it's so real, right It's so raw everything that you're sharing and the not trusting yourself as a mom the questioning yourself every day almost wondering if you're doing the right things and from the smallest thing like, you know, for, for me, like, I'll just share for me because, you know, a lot of my listeners know, you know, my daughter's a survivor of sexual abuse and that's part of what the book's about, but not like the whole thing. Right. And after like, that's whole, that's a whole trauma right there in itself. And now you're questioning even more like, am I being a good mom? Right. Am I making the right decisions? And so I think for the mom listening, who maybe hasn't had that that relationship that love is Mm -hmm. I think it's the love that you hunger for the love from a mother right um I love what you said about finding mentors Mm -hmm. right and in order to find those mentors you have to be vulnerable enough and I get it like it's hard to when you've been hurt to really share your heart but finding a mentor that like I think that woman could speak wisdom into me.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's that woman is safe. I think you have to look for those women, sit back and watch them. This is what I tell my clients is when you start the process of that, because, you know, Yes, it could be through church, but if you don't go to church, like, where do you find them? We'll find them through, maybe it's a friend's mom that you're just like, wow, like she gives really good advice. She's, she has a good relationship with her daughter. Um, Maybe I could ask her some questions, but I like what you say is that I believe you do need to be extremely careful who you're going to share your life with and your secrets, because we already live with shame. And we don't need to be shamed again by somebody that we have entrusted our story with, and then they abuse it. So I would even say if you're at the beginning of a journey and you're just like flailing all over the place, I would highly recommend going to a counselor or a therapist first and just like starting to pour out your story. I'm huge on journaling. I know some women are like, I don't like to journal. And I'm like, you need to get it out. Mm -hmm. So if you can't can't talk to somebody, write it out write it out like don't be afraid like write out every single thing that scares you that you've been through that's shameful because this is a thing like um when we were talking about how our parents were like don't talk about anything mm-hmm. don't that's not them being mean that's them being afraid and you have to remember the reason they're doing that is because that comes from a place of shame That they're embarrassed about the things that they've done or the things that they've gone through. And so they don't want anyone to know any of their business because it comes from a place of shame. And I say that is the enemy trying to shut you down and shut you up because if that's tugging at your heart, that means he has something really special about your story that is going to help so many people. And the enemy's trying to shut you down. So don't ever be ashamed of the things that you've gone through. If you feel a need to speak out and be like a justice fighter, you know, and like, I, I'm so enraged about this subject. Like, I, why? Why is it? Probably because it's something that's happened to you or you've seen it in your family. That means God is whispering in your ears saying, girl, you're the, you're the voice. Like, I'm giving you this voice. Like, wow. the people that have gone through the hardest things, like, My mentor, my coach, Carrie Scott Garcia Mm -hmm. says that your hard story will sometimes become your calling. Yeah. So it's the very thing that you're afraid of is the thing that will bring you the most peace and joy because you'll be able to help others through it. Because if somebody tells me a hard story about kind of the things that I've been through, I'm not afraid of that. I'm like, like, sit down,
0: girl, let's have coffee. Yeah. I'm
1: like, (laughs) I get it. I get. And they're like, you... Okay, so this I have to tell you this really quick like the first time I spoke um at my church. Uh there was a I was on a committee and um we were doing like a conference and there was a lady there. She was a Hispanic woman and she would just kind of give me the side eye all the time when I was talking <laughs> and I was like, "Why does she not like me?" And you know, I the, me, I'm like, <laughs> "I need to make this girl like me. Like, I don't know what's going on, but you know. So I kind of ignored her and then I tried to like talk to her. And she was like, mm, yeah, whatever, you know, she just wow. totally an attitude with me. And I was like, OK, so the day of the conference, they asked me to get up and do my testimony. And so I, I did my, some of my story and I'm walking to the parking lot and she comes running out. And she goes, Phyllis. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, girl, <laughs> she said, Phyllis, 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 I had no idea. She goes, I thought because you always look so perfect and put together, I thought you had a oh. silver spoon that you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. She goes, I had no idea you had gone through all that stuff. She was like, I'm so sorry. Like oh. you're my girl. And I I was like, I know I put on a good front <laughs> but I'm actually a hot mess. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget that because I thought I have grown into this person who's become very confident looking. And I hear that a lot where people go, I had no idea you came from that background. And I'm like, because I'm reborn. Like, I don't need to live in that. I don't need to look the part to be real. I can still look great. You know, I love fashion. I love, you know, dressing up. I like the hair, the makeup, the lashes, the whole thing. But that you never know what someone's going through. So I never look at somebody at face value. I want to sit down and have cafecito with them. Yes. And say, what, wow. What's happened to you? Like, tell me your story. I'm interested in you. And yeah. you would be surprised. I have yet to meet the perfect family. <laughs> if yeah. you meet them, please introduce me. I've I've never met a perfect, every single person that I've ever talked to. People that rich, poor, whatever, you know. They will tell me these amazing stories, and I'm just like, Man, we're all going through it. Yeah, we are all going through it, and we need all have stories.
0: Yes, some of us have very painful stories, and um, we're gonna wrap soon, but oh my god, I'm like, This is so good! Like, (laughs) because you said something that really, really touched my heart. Like, sometimes the most painful thing we go through is what God uses to literally have you be the person that rises up like we're done generational curse mm-hmm. thingy right this is done <laughs> you have to be ready to like be like i'm done with this but i think it takes sometimes you like what you were saying what makes you mad why does that make you mad right maybe you're the person that has to rise up for the next generation of your future of your children of their children and finally say i'm done but When you say I'm done and you're ready to rise up, you better be ready because it's going to be really freaking hard to withstand everything that you're going to have to go through to get to the other side. But I do believe that there is so much power when you take all your pain and you take the past and you realize that's not my identity. That's not who I want to be. And so I love what you're saying, because it's so true. We, we like what you were saying, the woman's looking at you, like, I thought, I thought you were so perfect Mm because you look pretty and you know, you're dressed well. Well, what happened to you and where you come from is not your identity. No. And I think it's not your outside appearance. Yeah. Right. We forget that. So I want to ask you two questions. The Mm -hmm. first one is how can someone become whole, right? Maybe we know that it's Jesus, but if someone's not there yet, how can they start feeling whole after all the dysfunction they've been through? And what can women do in the holidays Mm. when they're triggered, when they're feeling all the feels of, I don't have that perfect family. So I'll, I'll let you kind of. (laughs)
1: Good questions. Okay. So the first one, like learning, so we talked about, you know, generational dysfunction and how do you break that? And you know, it's kind of like the the old adage of you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I would never eat an elephant, but <laughs> um, but you know it's it's those little things. So so it's the daily habits. So I like to say it's not generational curses, curses because I don't think that it's a curse on us. Yeah. I think it's just bad habits that we keep learning and relearning mm-hmm. over the generations, and so that's why I like to call it like. Do- toxic parenting or like generational dysfunction because it's a dysfunction that just keeps going so you said a mouthful and you said it's super hard so like we've we're ingrained with these bad habits that we've learned even though we know that it was like we're we didn't like growing up that way. the first thing that will happen to you when you have children is you will go right back into your mother parenting that your mother taught you because it's what you know and I had to take a step back. I actually put myself in timeout one time because I <laughs> grabbed my daughter and started to, you know, like shake her when she was like three. And I, I saw her, her in me. It was weird. I was like, <gasps> I felt mm-hmm. what she, like when I was back with my mom doing that to me, it was a weird experience. And I just released her. And I said, go to your room. You need a time out. And I need a time out. And I went in my bedroom and I cried to God. And I said, I don't want to be that kind of parent. So you will automatically be that kind of parent if you don't get the help and you don't start the -hmm. the habits. Um, What I started doing is I started sharing in small groups. That's how the book came to be as I started opening up my story. And people were like, you need to write about this. You need to share this with more people. The other thing was I started buying a lot of parenting books, self-help books, like Christian book, like just, i started reading how, what do you do when you have a, because the one that works for me now was the crazy child. (laughs) I was like, she's lucky she made it to 18. I was like, just wanted to kill that kid sometimes. (laughs) And, um, and so it's like, both my girls are so different. My parenting techniques had to be different. You can't just be one straight across parent, like one kid, you can like threaten a little bit. The second one, who's a little more feistier. They're not afraid of you. I yeah.
0: so don't care if you take their stuff away either. They don't
1: care if you smack them. They don't care if you, yeah, she ripped, we teased her Now she ripped her Winnie the Pooh wallpaper off the wall. One day when I put her wow. in time out her bedroom, threw all her clothes out of the drawers. Like she was that kid. And I was just wow. like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I had to slowly bring my calm because if I got higher, she got higher in her anger. Right. And so I had to calm myself down and just say, this is, this is what's going to happen. And this, you're going to listen to me. And this is, and I was very calm and, you know, would send her off on a timeout or whatever. Um, and she would throw fit. And then we would wake up and we would talk about it when she was in a calm place. Most of the time she was tired. She'd fall asleep. And then she'd wake up and come downstairs in her cute little voice and she's like, I thought we mom, I was really mad. And I was tired. And I was like, it's okay, but let's talk about this. When this happens, you cannot react that way because you're going to get time out or what you're going to, you know, have consequences for it. Mm -hmm. So now my daughter says we're the over communicator. (laughs) we, (laughs) We talk about feelings. We talk about everything because I've, um, now I'm getting trauma coaching mm-hmm. and becoming certified. as that uh, I understand where those levels come from? So y- you have to do the work in that. Yes. You just have, you have yes. to start the you have to start changing what you know and just saying that's just the way we are. We've always been that way. No, you're done. If you're going to change and break off generational dysfunction, you have to start learning how to do it differently. And that's mm-hmm. where you know other mentors, therapists, like other things can like do the work on you and get yourself healthy so that you don't continue this thing. The other question was about the holidays. Listen, we need to be kind to our bodies. I think we have all, I know I just took a beat this week when I heard about Twitch, I was just like, we are presenting this perfect front on Instagram and it is not reality. And Mm -hmm. if you haven't learned anything from that is you need to know people are struggling so, again, it doesn't look like the what the wrapper looks like on the outside. You don't know what someone is going through.
0: Yeah. Wow. So
1: as people who are struggling with parental things and the holidays bring up all the ugly, you know, especially in our situations when we grow up with, like, dysfunctional families, the holidays are not a fun time. <laughs>
0: for us. Like it's very
1: stressful for us because it brings up my mom fought every single holiday. I did a post, uh, during Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know if you read it, but my, my grandson, I I I was working in the kitchen, like busy, busy. Mm -hmm. And my grandson walked in with a bouquet of flowers, which was so sweet. Mm -hmm. But my mind, because I grew up with a mom who did this, my mind went to, oh my gosh, now I got to cut flowers. I got to find a vase. You've ruined my whole schedule. You know, like he knocked me off. Like I was laser focused on what I had to do. And I went, and then, but because I'm doing trauma work, I was like, whoa, 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 come back to center. Where is that
0: coming from?
1: And I realized my mom would do that to my dad. If my dad tried mm-hmm. to surprise her with something nice, she would create a whole fight around that because you didn't, you knocked me out of my plan. Like, this is what I want to do for the day. It's busy, busy, busy. We're in the holidays. we got to get the food on the table and this and that, and all the things. And instead of relishing in the beauty of a gift, she would turn it upside down and make it something ugly. So I immediately threw everything down I said, Oh my gosh, Costin, this is beautiful. Let me find a base. I cut those flowers right away. I arranged them on the base. I put them on the table and I go, look, honey, here's your flowers. And his face was beaming.
0: Wow. But
1: then I took my husband out later on in the afternoon. We got some stuff ready and my adult kids were helping cook in the kitchen, which was amazing. <laughs> so please get help. That's my second <laughs> suggestion. It's don't do it all yourself. And I sat outside with my husband and I said, I have to confess something to you. And I told him what happened and how I felt. And I and I said and I started crying and I said, I'm so grateful that you are raising this little boy up to teach him how to treat a woman. So thank you for that. And and he said, you should have seen his face when we were at the store. He said he was so excited when I said we should buy My, my grandma name is Fifi, Fifi flowers. And he was like, yes. And he like grabbed the bouquet and he, he wanted to hide them behind his back, but they were too big. (laughs) And she, he said, he was so excited to bring you those flowers. and So I could have missed that whole moment. Had I gone back to the way my mother had reacted and now I'm reacting. So, so give yourself a break, please ask for help. Do not try to do all the things yourself. And here's the biggest thing. If you are around unsafe people during the holidays, I'm breaking this whole mentality of blood is thicker than water.
0: I I do not like that. I'm like, you would never. I'm going to make my own family. (laughs) I'm
1: I'm like, you would never let a friend treat you the way sometimes our relatives treat us. And yet everyone goes, well, that's your family. You have to. No, you do not. So I'm giving you permission (laughs) this Christmas, any holiday. If you are in the presence of someone who is unsafe or has hurt you or is just just outright annoying to the like listen relatives are annoying so sometimes you got to be an adult and go I'm not talking about that I'm talking about people who are unsafe maybe something has happened and people in your family are saying that's your relative you have to do that no You do not, I'm giving you permission. You set a high boundary because the only way you're going to break that off and be your own person is to create your own core family. Yeah. Create the safety of what you want to create that is new. That is how my generation, when I'm looking at my grandkids now, I'm like, they have never seen, my kids have never seen the things that I've seen growing up and never will. And my grandkids are not seeing the things that I saw growing up. Because you have to do the work. So first, be kind to your body. If you're not feeling up for something and your gut is telling you no, then it's no. Wow.
0: That's so good.
1: Let go. And just you create your own traditions. You create safe, happy traditions. You do not let anyone come into your family and destroy what you are trying to build. And that may mean saying goodbye to some family members.
0: Yeah. It just, yeah that's so such a hard thing to do. Um, but sometimes it's the best thing to do. Um, okay, so that's so good. Oh, my goodness. I feel like, thank you also just for being so transparent and real and authentic. And we need women like that. We need, We need women who aren't trying to pretend that everything's okay and you know, mm. look at my pretty house. I have it all together. No, we're all going through some things, you know. Yeah. So there's dirt behind those corners. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's dust on the baseboards. <laughs> exactly, my baseboards. Um, is there anything else that you want to share? I definitely, uh, if you can, tell listeners like where to find you, where to listen to your podcast, because you yes. do have that. Um, and just anything else that maybe you feel like God really wants you to share with a listener. Yeah.
1: So I did start the Unmothered podcast um, in October and it's going so well. And I'm I feel like that is again, it's like a God kiss. Like he was just like, mm-hmm. it's time you need to do this. And um, I do a six week coaching um, class called Patience and Grace coaching life coaching. Uh, teaching about the mother daughter dysfunction and how to walk through that. So if you're someone who's like, yeah, I've kind of started doing the work and I'm ready to move forward, then I'm your girl. <laughs> I can help you walk through those steps. And, um, and so you can find all of that stuff on my uh, website, phyllismantelli.com. And also if you sign up for my newsletter, um, you'll get a five steps to, I think, setting boundaries. We have a little freebie of that. And every week I just write a short little, you know, Hey, I call my, my gang, my peeps, because I'm the mother hind and you're my little (laughs) and so I'm just like, Hey peeps. And so I just do like little things that are happening in my life. Like, Um, little bits of encouragement. I, I wrote about that story with my grandson in there and it got great, you know, response from that. Mm And so, yeah, just any kind of thing that you want to find, you can go to my website. We're actually updating it. It'll be brand new in January, and we're hoping to bring some new things to that. And I am writing the second book, which is the companion book to Unmothered, and it will be the Six Life Lessons. So it'll be a more deep dive that I do in my coaching. We're putting it into book form so that we can actually make it into a study if people want to do it like at their retreats or conferences or churches or whatever. So...
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I'll make sure to, and your podcast is the Unmothered podcast, right? Okay. Yeah. So I'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes. Um, Guys, please go give Phyllis a follow. Um, She's amazing. And even your posts are so encouraging. Thank you again for being here, just for sharing your Thank heart. You, I you feel know. like this is, I really, really believe that this episode is, It's just like what someone's going to need right around holidays because that that can get crazy. But Billis, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, go um, share this episode with your amigas. I always say something powerful happens when we lift each other up. God bless you. Hey, mujer, before you go, did this episode help you in any way? I'd love to know what you thought about this episode so I know what content to keep creating for you. Do me a favor, tag me in your stories on IG at the Fearless Mujer Podcast and let me know how this episode helped you. And you know that the Fearless Mujer is not just a podcast, right? It's a sisterhood. Do me a favor, share this episode with your amigas, your primas, your tias, because something powerful happens when we lift each other up and together we're truly powerful. So tag me, tag your amigas share the link with them. And if you found value in this podcast, leave me a review on Apple because that means so much. And by the way, want to take the conversation deeper? Come join the podcast community. Go to fearlessmohead.com, click on podcast community, and let's talk about this episode. God bless.